children of all ages, welcome to Studs in the Squirt Circle podcast. My name is Vinny Apicella. You are here listening to me. Today is Tuesday, December 13th, 2022. Yes, I know I'm a day late with recording, but you know what? Sometimes it just happens that way. Um, you know, I explained on my last show that my personal schedule has been crazy, crazy busy, and I can't always commit to the same time, which is why I'm sticking to recording the podcast rather than going live, even though live is good, but honestly, unless I'm able to build up my audience a little more, which means for the people that do listen, please share and share alike and get people to listen to the podcast. Another is another General Hospital and WWE podcast, but you know what? I actually combine them both. So you take, the way I look at it is you take uh, Pier 54, which is a General Hospital fan podcast, and you take Ring the Bell Radio, uh, which is a wrestling fan podcast, and you put them together, and that's what you got with me. But, if you want an alternative, this coming Thursday, I'm not sure which feed it's going to drop on, whether it's Pier 54 or Ring the Bell Radio. I think it's going to be on, it might be on both, but probably on Pier 54. There is going to be a crossover, basically Pier 54 and Ring the Bell Radio, who, for those of you that don't know, uh, two of the uh, hosts, one on each show, are married, so they're going to be doing the uh, show together uh, and kind of discussing soap operas and wrestling and how everything coincides and corresponds and connects. So keep a lookout for that. I am pro- promoting it because I like both shows. I've actually been on uh, Pier 54 before. Um, and that was one of the inspirations about me getting back in the podcasting game. So I'm kind of happy that they're doing this and, uh, hoping that at some point in time, the three shows could combine into one for, for a specific week or whatever, uh, maybe towards WrestleMania time, uh, where Ring the Bell Radio, Pier 54, and Suds in the Squared Circle could come together as one. Uh, but that's, uh, something that we're trying to work out at some point. They want to do this first, so... Let them go at it. Definitely listen to it. I plan on it. And uh, go on and listen to it. But anyways, I want to thank you. It's been a long, um, long time coming. This week has been, it seems like it's been crazy long from the, in the city of Port Charles, New York. Um, with General Hospital and the fact that, uh, uh, what's his name there? Uh, Ryan Chamberlain has actually come out that he's not locked in to yet another person, and that is going to be Heather Weber. Um, Heather has been brought stationed at Spring Ridge. I don't know how, I don't know why, because she was at the Darkham Asylum until uh, the breakout, but, uh, you know, until basically uh, the escape from Anna. But I think they, they explained it because she stayed where she was and she didn't try to run. She just went to Kelly's for a BLT. They gave her, as, as, as for good behavior, they brought her to a, a minimum, more minimum security of Spring Ridge rather than Darkham. However, this is where she ran into Ryan Chamberlain. And when they when you first saw it, when they when, when Heather first locked her eyes on, on Ryan, holy mackerel, you can... You can feel the fireworks, and you could feel the the pyro going off. That there was something big that was going to happen. When you have two people like that, and and Heather Weber is obviously a, a psychopath. <laughs> um, you know, she she did get uh, in, she did ingest LSD, which is what gave her her mental problems and mental illness. Um, so that's why she's been at Darkham Asylum for a long time, and now she's at Spring Ridge. And, of course, Ryan Chamberlain, being that he's locked in, they have him only in a minimal, or he's showing that he has that locked-in syndrome. He's in the minimal security prison of Spring Ridge as well because nobody thinks that he can really do anything. 
However, um, all all uh, all signs are pointing to them being Esme's parents. And what does that mean for poor Charles? Holy mackerel! That means that number one, Heather Weber is Heather Weber and Ryan Tramlin together are two of the biggest heels in Port Charles in General Hospital. Um, and the fact that they had a child together, oh, that is concentrated evil. And that's what's actually been coming out in, in Esme. But I do like how Esme has kind of been acknowledging her past, and, and, and or what we seem to be, right? Is, or what we seem to think it's going to be. Um, I mean, obviously, we can't trust anything that comes out of her mouth. Because she's lied about everything. She's manipulated Nick, she, Nicholas. She's manipulated Spencer. She Hell, she even manipulated Ava into a false sense of security. She manipulated, you know, Trina and Joss and Cam and did that revenge porn thing. So we never know what is real and what is fake when it comes out of Trina's mouth. However, what I will say is... It's going to be... It's going to be good... Because she's analyzing herself, right? She, she's, you know... Letting on that she was upset as a child because she never had the opportunity to, uh, you know, really have a good Christmas or, 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 you know, really be with her family. So she was with her adopted family and she wanted to go out and have a Christmas tree and that was very important to her. The, the thing we're waiting for is to see if she's going to use uh, that Christmas tree to try to escape. Um, and I don't know, but I, I'm really... I really want to see where this is going. Obviously, she's six months pregnant or, or so. Um, Nicholas is the father, we think, um, instead of Spencer, right? Um, because the, at the point in time that she got pregnant, Spencer was supposedly withholding sex from her because he was, didn't want to have anything to do with her, right? Because because she did, you know, did the porn video and, and, and framed Trina and all this other stuff. And so they, they did go ahead and create that that different level that different uh layer of esme's character as to where we can actually look into her past or somewhat but it kind of corresponds with the fact of ryan and heather coming and meeting each other at spring ridge and you know um actually to be honest with you i think that uh was it monday's episode that that did Ryan finally broke the silence? I can't remember whether it was Monday or... No, it wasn't Monday. It was Friday's episode. Um, yesterday, it was that he um, was just... Uh, well, I'm not going to give any spoilers because this is supposed to be about last week's episode. not this week. Um, so, quite honestly, it's something where two... Wow, two heels are... I, I posted something on Twitter, which you could follow me on Twitter at... Suds SQ Circle Pod.com, right? Um, so we can go ahead and look at that. And um, I did put out a tweet and I, I used a, a GIF or GIF, I think it's called a GIF, yeah. Um, that of do you remember uh, if you're a wrestling fan, right? If you're a wrestling fan. You will go ahead and remember the fact that Macho Man Randy Savage and Hulk Hogan back in the, you know, 88 or whatever it was, when the Mega Powers came together and they had that exaggerated handshake on the Brother Love show where the, the Macho Madness and Hulkamania came together in order to uh, combine the Mega Powers. Yeah. So that GIF I shared, and that's I'm waiting for that to come to fruition between Heather and Ryan, although they did a lot more than just shake hands in the woods, if you know what I'm saying. But, uh, that's, uh, yeah, at Suds, let's see, on, on Twitter is at Suds SQ Circle Pod. Follow me there, it's, it's pretty good. Um, if you want to follow me on Twitter, it's at VAppicella SWE. Um, but definitely go on, it's always fun when I'm sharing. My personal one, I, if you're not a political person, if you're not somebody who's, you know, really political and, and doesn't want to get involved with that, I wouldn't recommend following my personal page, but definitely follow the page, the, the, 
the Twitter for the show. Um, get all the updates on Suds in the Score Circle right there on Twitter. Um, if you want to, you could definitely go ahead and email me, Vinny, V-I-N-N-I-E, at sudsandscoredcircle.com. Um, I want to start reading some viewer or viewer, some listener email. I want to see what you think about not only the show, but also possibility of trying to go live again, trying to figure out what people like. Um, I haven't gotten to the point where I'm going to add Days of Our Lives or Young Rock in yet, simply because I don't watch that much television. I watch WWE and I watch General Hospital. And you know what I watch? I watch Good Eats as well on Discovery+. Plus. <laughs> But outside of that, I don't watch too much TV. I don't have that kind of time. So when it comes to adding in more shows, that means I'd have to watch not only General Hospital every day, but Days of Our Lives every day. I'd have to watch Young Rock every week. I have to watch Raw, SmackDown, NXT. I don't even get into AEW, MLW, Impact, New Japan, um, you know, Stardom, Women of Wrestling, um, you know, anything else that's out there. I don't really get into it because I just don't have that kind of time. I actually have to work for a living. <laughs> I don't get paid for the podcast, people. You know, n- not to break anybody's uh, visions of grandeur of me, but I don't get paid for the podcast. So that's why it's like I can't just sit down every day and just watch an, an exorbitant amount of content on TV because I just don't have that time. Um, plus, you know, I'm an adult and I have you know different stuff that I have to worry about. <laughs> but anyways, um, not to kind of give a sob story. But I do want to say something here, is that the one thing I don't like, and what's really getting me pissed off about General Hospital, is the shadiness of some of the characters, right? We all know that Liz, Elizabeth, had a dark side, right? She came in, she was a bad girl, she was a wild child, eventually she got tamed, and um, she she tamed down, and uh, became a mother, and now she, you know, she's a single mother of three boys, um, and... She tamed out a lot, but she does have that shady past, right? And she'll always do stuff to hide her own tail um, or keep Nicholas's secret, which is what we're looking at right now. And it's just, it's, it's amazing because it's just some little detail uh, the writers put together and the, the set d- designs court put together, right? That one bottle of prenatal vitamins. You wouldn't think of anything. Now, it's obviously a pregnancy that Nicholas and Elizabeth want to hide. Well, Nicholas wants to hide, right? Um, Elizabeth, uh, I'll be right back. All right, sorry about that. With the magic of recording devices, uh, (laughs) we're back. And I want to thank you for listening to Suds in the Squared Circle podcast. Um, Just a quick time out there. I had to uh, take care of something on my own. Uh, But I'm back now. Where was I? That's right. Elizabeth and Finn, that storyline, it's um, it's definitely something that, that I, I'm not really liking, right? We know, like I said, we know that um, Liz has a dark side, right? So she'll do shady stuff when she has it. She hid the um, identity of Jason, well, Billy Miller's Jason, before it was known that he was Jason, right? It was Jake Doe, um, right? Uh, when he had amnesia and he was, you know, implanted with the Helena Cassidyne grooming and all that kind of stuff. Um, so you go ahead and she's done some, a lot of shady stuff in the back, in, in her past, right? Willow, though. Willow is unfortunately going, really getting on my nerves, right? She's a goody-goody girl. She's goody-two-shoes. You know, she's always done everything perfect. She doesn't have anything bad in her background as far as we know right um but yet she has stage four leukemia right and she's six or eight months pregnant whatever it is six months i think it's five or six months at this point um and yet she just now within the past couple weeks told michael that she has you know who's her her fiance or you know boyfriend or ex-husband whatever they're calling themselves right just now, and the father of her baby, and just now said that she has leukemia. So when you look at everything, and you look at the fact that she's been lying this entire time, and now all she's ever done was told Michael, right? TJ knows because he's a doctor, right? But then you look at the fact that you have, um, 
the fact that you have other people now that are starting to see things, right? Um, you know, Drew has gone ahead and offered to help find her biological parents, which we all know that it's Nina, or Nina and Silas, right? Um, and Carly already knows that because she had the DNA test done. Then she lied about it. She lied to Drew. You know, she never told Michael or Willow, right? But see, here's here's where I don't where I'm getting really upset, right? You would like I understand keeping your health um, to yourself and your and your health decisions and diagnoses and diagnoses or whatever. I understand keeping them to yourself. I understand being that kind of a private person. What I don't like is if you're in a relationship and you're pregnant, right? Like, I wouldn't like it if my wife or my, you know, or if I was only dating and I had someone pregnant and, um, you know, and she was sick or whatever. Or, you know, I wouldn't like them saying, oh, yeah, everything's okay. But then, you know, six, three, three months later saying, okay, well, now my second trimester, hey, I've got stage four leukemia. What? You probably would have known this, like, months ago. Why didn't you tell... You know what I mean? I would be so upset about that. Um, I can understand not wanting to go out into the world and broadcast to the world. And I would understand not wanting to bring in other people and tell them, right? But the more of a support system you have, number one, when you're sick, number two, when you're pregnant, and knowing what's going on in your life, <clears throat> right, that, to me, is very important. That, to me, would be really upsetting, you know, it, it, because you, you almost make it seem like, um, you almost make it seem, you know, like, um, basically you're saying that, uh, basically you're saying that, um, you don't trust anybody with the information that you're ill, right? That, that you're, that you're sick. And that unfortunately is, um just sad it's sad that that is the way it goes and, and i don't like that right um <clears throat> but you know and that 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 would be something that i would be really really upset about however um you know willow went off on nina and then she fainted and then at least willow and, and carly were able to put their differences aside for a little while to you know, to make it to the point where, you know, go get help or go get, you know, call the doctor, call an ambulance, right? And of course, Willow again. No, I'm fine. I don't need to have an ambulance. I don't need to have a doctor call. I don't have to see my doctor. You know what I mean? Like, people are trying to help you. The least you could do, like, I, I trust me, I avoid doctors like the plague. And I avoid going to hospitals if I have to. But when you have to, you have to, especially when you know you're ill. Right? Especially when you know that you have leukemia and that's causing your fainting. Right? I would... Like, that's the one thing. Like, why? Like, that, she's just getting on my nerves. I'm sorry. And and I know Matt from the 10th floor. They call her... You know, the 10th floor, they call her Snow White. And, and she... You know, it's just... At this point in time, it's just... I don't know whether she's Snow White or she's Piglet from Pooh. From, from Winnie the Pooh stories. Because she's so skittish and so... You know, she had that one blast of standing up for herself against Nina. And she's she's always got that, that defensive mode um, when when she's with Nina. But when it comes to... Um, oh my gosh, people, stop. Um, when it comes to the fact that... Um, there we go. When it comes to the fact of people saying, um, you know, are you okay? Do you need help? You know when they're phys when they're, when they're actually seeing you um, get sick and faint and, and and there's clearly something wrong. You need to let people in, and outside of Nina, who she's got that backbone, that defensive mode with everybody else, she's got everybody at, at arm's length. Even her boyfriend, right, the father of her child, she's got him at arm's length, and unfortunately, that's gonna be gonna be horrible when it comes to trying to find a cure because you could get you could be cured with with bone marrow right we've seen that numerous times on this show alone so they're going to be back to a corner where you literally have only like we'll say you know a week or two 
that you could find a donor. And then the, the whole storyline plays out where everybody's going to get tested. And he's going to say, what the hell? I'll get tested just in case because I want to get back into into their good graces so I can see Wiley. And it turns out she's a match. And then they find out, oh, yeah, she's your mother. And, you know, so it doesn't give you much time to play with that kind of a story. And I get it, you know, and it goes back to the long-term storytelling. It goes back to whether or not you need to have that kind of a, a continuity um, with this kind of show, which you do need the continuity, but not many people have the patience for a long-term story, unless it's done right. You know what I mean? The Brooklyn and Chase thing, that was long-term storytelling, but the story sucked, <laughs> right? It, it, it really did. It sucked. And, I, and I'm sorry to say, but... You know, because, you know, the, the Josh Swickard and, oh gosh, who plays uh, uh, Brooklyn? Um, Amanda Seton. Um, they're, they're fantastic actors. And they, they carry the, the emotion out in the scene. And their facials are perfect, right? You can read into Brooklyn her selfishness and like, this is my plan. I have to get it done. But now... Chase has the opportunity to become a cop again. That's going to blow everything out of proportion. And he's going to blow the whole thing out of the water. And I'm not going to get my songs back. And I'm not going to be able to do this and do that. You know what I mean? So so it gets to the point where you can see. You get to, you get to see their facials. And you get to see how they play the role. Because they make you get into it. And that's a lot of people on General Hospital. I'm not just saying that it's only Chase and Brooklyn. But <clears throat> those are the ones that came to my mind. Because you could actually show... They could actually tell how they get you into it, right? And they're the longest-term storytelling that they've had in a long time where they were, you know, going back and forth and how they met. And, you know, um, Chase had arrested Brooklyn a number of times and then he defended her honor and, you know, so on and so forth. So it gets to the point where um, you, you look at these two characters and that you know that they're destined for each other. Right? You know that they should be in a relationship. And they finally get into that relationship. And then you know that they're going into the relationship with um, <clears throat> with Brooklyn lying. Right? With Brooklyn lying to Chase. Regard and, and it's a lie of omission. And not telling him about the letter that she never wrote for the uh, community hearing uh, for him to get his his badge back, right, and come off suspension. Do I think it'll happen at some point? Yes, I do. I, I think Chase will become a cop again. You know, he'll get a second chance. So he can say anything, you know. Um, unfortunately, he wasn't aware of the meeting. He was never told, you know, and you know what I mean? So there's a possibility of that. If We'll have to see what kind of a scheme that Brooklyn comes up with. Um, perhaps... With the quarter main money, she'll be able to call a special meeting of that um, group. And they'll be able to, you know, she'll be able to pour her heart out and say, he did this to defend me and I was being selfish. I was asked to write a letter about his character and, you know, and just say that he, you know, just tell you the honest truth that when he did hit those two civilians, he was protecting me. One from a, you know, from a uh, abuser, whether you want to say a sexual harasser or you know, whatever, uh, who was my former um, manager and then also, found, you know, uh, a guy that I had been deceiving and who was uh, really upset with me. And um, Chase came to my rescue because they were going to be, they were harassing me or something to that effect, right? And we'll see if, if that comes to fruition. I don't know if it will because, again, um... And Brooklyn said it. She's not used to having a relationship where it's not centered around her. Because she's never been, at least as far as we see on camera, she's never been in any kind of relationship. She's always been out for herself. Even before Amanda Seton played the role, um, back when, oh gosh, this was years ago. And I have to, I, I will have to Google who, who it was, right? Um, <clears throat> Brooklyn Quartermain. There we go. Um, who was it? Um, Amanda Seton is the one that's currently playing it now. Uh, but I have to find out who it was who played her previously. Uh, <clears throat> Brooke Redding. 
Right? No, no. Adrian Leone. That's who it was. Um, Adrian Leone, um, who played her back in 2010, 2011. That's pretty much when I first started. That's when I had a huge crush on her, too. And I'll be honest with you on that. Um, but, yeah. Um, and, you know, when she first played and played Brooklyn and, you know, she came back to Port Charles. And what did she do? She was paid by Carly, of all people, to seduce Dante to break up with Lulu, <laughs> right? It was years ago, you know, tw 12 years ago, right? And because Brooklyn grew up with Dante in, 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 the, in the Bensonhurst part of town, right? That That's upper-class, swanky, New York City-esque type of town. And um, <clears throat> she grew up there, and they were friends. So Carly had her come and try to seduce Dante. And they've maintained their friendships and because it didn't work. Right? Um, it didn't work at all. And I think Brooklyn ended up getting cold feet and, and not being able to go through with it because he saw, she saw how much uh, Dante loved Lulu. Um, so that's how that went about. And um, that's about the time... No, I, that's about the time that I really started watching it religiously. It was about 12 years ago. Um, around that time. I watched it bits and watched it on hospital bits and pieces uh, previously, and, and there were times where I'd watch it all the time, but never really got into it until 2010. And and now I watch it every day. I don't think there's only been a handful of episodes that I've actually missed. <clears throat> but I do want to tell you that I really think that that Brooklyn character alone is fantastic, and I've always thought that that it was, and even. You know, this other girl that came in, what was her name? Adrian Curry, is it? Um, uh, da -da. um, uh, Brianna Lane. Where the hell did I get Adrian Curry from? Bri <laughs> Brianna Lane, who was playing Brooklyn for, you know, for a couple of recasts, for a couple, couple of temporary notes. Um, she was all right. Not as good, in my opinion. I think Amanda Seton is much better. Um, but she was good. She didn't really have all the facial features. And you couldn't tell that she was this high-class, you know, elite, and I hate using that word, but the elitist um, rich girl, right? The Quartermains are rich. Um, the You know, and Brooklyn is obviously one of them. Um, and the fact that she was living in Bensonhurst, that's an upper-crust type of town as far as we're led to believe. So... Brianna Lane just didn't have the gumption to pull it off. And I understand you have to, you know, get into a character. So, just like when Lindsay Hartley covered for Sam, like during during COVID in a couple times, right? Um, again, it, it's, it's like when you look at um, Lindsay Hartley, who was on All My Children, right? She was the love interest of Dr. David Hayward. Which I know Matt and Kat, especially Matt from the 10th floor, he wants Dr. David Hayward to come to General Hospital so bad. I know he'll appreciate the reference. Um, but she's not Sam, right? And, and I never really got into her playing Sam. Of course it's a temporary recast because of an illness or whatever. And you're not, you're supposed to be able to go through with it. But there are certain temporary recasts that actually work, right? Um, the, the guy that plays Tiger, because Tiger is not always, um, oh, uh, Ray Al Andrews. It's that other guy that comes in. They've been kind of plateauing, right? It's kind of like the Yankees who plateau a, a left fielder or a, a second baseman because of, you know, based on the statistics, who hits better against righties and lefties and this and that. So they kind of plateau with that role, right? And then you had, um, uh, Nicholas is just recently, you know, you had the guy that came in to cover for Marcus Coloma. And he was, he did a really, really good job as a, you know, as a temporary recast. I had no problem with it. He did really good. Um, when Marcus Coloma came back and he was a recast of Nicholas as a full-timer, right? Contract player. Um, Tyler Christopher. And I think that Marcus Coloma's done a damn good job. But there are some people where you... Um, associate the roles with the person. So, when it comes to Lulu, yeah, M. Rylan had a fantastic run, but Lulu will always be Julie Marie Berman in my book, right? Um, <clears throat> you have um, Jason, obviously, as, as Steve Burton is Jason. 
there will be no, nobody else playing Jason. And the fact that they tried to recast him with Billy Miller, you know, and Steve Burton came back and they had to scrap their plans and come up with a brand new character named Drew Kane, <laughs> right? And it drew a little, you know, Drew himself, Cameron Matheson now. <clears throat> I don't... Now, I know I'm going to get some heat for this from all you, all my children fans. I'm not really big into Cameron Matheson as Drew. I like Cameron Matheson as a character, uh, as an actor. I like how he does play his roles, but I don't like him as Drew. I can't see... <clears throat> and, and maybe it's just that whole Vince McMahon body type... Um, Ideal ideals in my head, but I can't see Cameron Matheson as a former, um, as a former Marine, right? As an ex-Marine, I just can't see it. I can see Billy Miller as a, as an ex-Marine. He's got the size, right? Cameron Matheson, in, in my opinion, you know, he's a tall guy, but he's kind of lanky, right? He's not really muscular, right? He doesn't have that body style for a Marine. You look at, you know, some of the ex-Marines, you know, you look at a John Cena, not that he was a Marine, but he was in the movie The Marine. Uh, John Cena. Uh, Ted DiBiase Jr. was actually in The Marine 2. Um, or Marine 3. Uh, because Marine 2... Was it Randy Orton? No, Randy Orton couldn't play the Marine because he had been dishonorably discharged from the armed services. But uh, I think it was Ted DiBiase that did The Marine 2. And then three and on has been The Miz. And those, you know, they look like them because they have wrestlers have the body type, right? They have the muscles. Um, Cameron Matheson, in my opinion, doesn't look like a former Marine. <laughs> and I know he was kidnapped for two years and held on an island. And, but now that he's free, he could eat more and work out more and whatever. I could see Jason more as a former Marine than, than Cameron Matheson. Uh, but I, uh, Steve Burton, I should say. But I digress. Um... <laughs> too much of the uh, little things. But, you know, you go ahead and you, you look at um, the little nuances that General Hospital puts in. The Like I said before, the prenatal vitamin bottle, right? Finn saw it at Windermere, right? And then, you know, you see Liz with it um, in, the, in Terry's office, right? Um, what's Finn supposed to think? He's supposed to think that that Liz is pregnant. Now, we've never actually seen Liz and Finn hook up or, or be together like that in an intimate setting. So we can't say for sure, oh, well, if Nickel, if um, if Liz is pregnant, it's Finn's. We can't, you know, so I know that Monday's episode happened already and I did watch it, but I'm not going to go into any spoilers. All I'll say is, you know, for somebody who's so smart, understanding that there may be consequences of your decisions... Um, you know, why lie in that situation, right? Finn caught you with it. Why couldn't you say, oh, well, you know, and maybe it's because, you know, Finn is not a, you know, Finn is probably more of a good guy than a cop or, or a good guy than a bad guy and wouldn't understand that Esme is being held under lock and key and, and is a prisoner for Nicholas, right? Because she's the one that's pregnant. I don't think that will go over very well with, with him. <laughs> um, but anywho, um, moving on, moving right along, um, I do happen to really enjoy the fact that um, I, I I don't know whether or not I, I, I enjoy or I, I am deeply interested in the whole Marshall Ashford storyline, right? Curtis, you know, they had the um, they had the, the, the test for Curtis, right? The genetic markers. He doesn't have the marker for schizophrenia, which had been uh, looked at as being genetic, right? Um, which I guess it is in real life. But you don't have Curtis having it. So that puts um, um, Portia's mind at ease because she was worried about Trina if, you know, because that's another long-term storyline that's gone nowhere is the fact that Trina might or might not be Curtis's daughter. That's another loose end they have to tie up or figure some way to get out of it. You know, because at this point in time, see, long-term storytelling is good, but you get to a point, especially in this day and age, where people just don't care anymore. That's why I said the Chase in Brooklyn storyline was too long, right? 
because you get to the point where you have that most heat. It's almost like in one of the <laughs> one of the arguments I have that AEW sucks, right? Is that and a lot of today's wrestling, in, in my opinion. But if you go back to like the early or the eighties and the nineties and tag team wrestling, you get the fit, you know, you get the wear down holds on, you know, the the headlocks or the um, or the bear hugs or the rear naked chin lock, right? And those are just those are wear down holds, but it's to get the fans into it, get the fans behind the baby face to clap it and cheer and get it up there where that heat is the most, and then the baby face starts to come back. Or in a tag team match, you know the heel is the heels are beating beating down the the baby face so much, and then all of a sudden something happens, and the baby face gets a little bit of room and 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 crawls over and gets a hot tag like the Rock and Roll Express and Ricky tagged Robert and Robert came in and. and um, took and took out both of the guys and you know get to the point where it's a double drop kick and a triple drop kick or or you get you know the back body drop and then he's fighting off both guys coming in like a house of fire and then you know you go into the finish right in in storytelling like with what's going on with general hospital right now and why why there are so many you know quick storylines which are decent but then there's the long-term ones that are, you know, just not there, right? It's like they're going for too much heat, but in the end that heat is going to fizzle out and nobody's going to care. Like two months ago or three months ago, maybe even four months ago, they should have put put uh, Brooklyn and Chase together in a relationship. So that, you know, they're starting out, they're, you know, they're starting out their ruse on Link. And, you know, after a couple of gigs, you know, and then, and Brooklyn is doing so good with Chase's career. And then you go ahead and they, you know, they're celebrating one night. And, you know, they're celebrating because he just happened to do a great gig and got picked up and whatever, whatever, whatever. We knew this was a ruse from the very beginning. So now that Chase is getting, and this is all hypothetical, I'm booking the territory. Um, you know, you get to the point where um, Chase is like, you know, really good and... Um, and then all of a sudden, he's getting, you know, not only Link look at his, because you can't tell me that Link is the only music manager in all of the in all of New York, but you get to the point where you're saying, oh, well, now we've got, I'm going to pick out, you know, uh, um, a Rick Rubin, right? Um, a Rick Rubin there, or a Billy Corrigan, um, and, and I know I'm using wrestling and, and, and music analogies, but bear with me here. Um, you have them seeing um, Chase sing, and they're like, hey, you know what? Why don't you have a contract? And Link is still not doing it. So, you know, Link's not biting. Or Link is biting, and his he's, 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 uh, offer is too low or whatever. So they're celebrating, and they're having drinks, and all of a sudden, you know, maybe around September time, they end up hooking up because they're both under the weather. Or not under the weather, but under the influence. And, you know... They want it. They know they love each other. They're, they're, they, they're getting it on, and all of a sudden, that's it. You know, then you go into the finish, and you say, hey, you know what? I got this. You know, I wake, we wake up. They wake up the next morning, and there's an email. Link wants to buy my contract to be my manager, and bam, that's where you go to the finish. But the way the storyline is going through now, it's been too long, right? And, yeah, they're finally together, but... It took, um, what was that love potion from Olivia? I think, was that, that wasn't Thanksgiving. That was like Labor Day, I think. Maybe it was, so September, so maybe it should have been done in July. But either way, it was too long of a storytelling timeline. And people got bored of it. People didn't want to see it anymore. So, we shall see how how it plays out. We already know that Brooke is, or, uh, Chase is very upset with Brooklyn because of this. Right, and the reason why I went off on that tangent was because of you know Curtis, you know Trina being possibly being Curtis's father. At this point, nobody cares because it's been dragged down so long. You know, it could have been hey Marshall came back, and you know Marshall wanted again. You know, it's like you almost had two or three different stories come in the middle of that with the whole paternity of Trina in question. Then you had. You know, the fact that Jordan didn't sign the divorce papers, right? And then you had something else get in the way. So, eventually you get to the point where, okay, you have this over, over, 
overwhelming storyline that's been there, right? And this over-encompassing storyline. You have these different sub-storylines that come out of it. And yeah, you're putting the characters on the map. But at the same time, you're not giving us the payoff of is, you know, Trina Curtis's daughter or is it um, Taggart's? So we just don't know. It's just really hard to watch some of those stories because they drop the ball on some of them. Um, let's see. What else do we have to go over for General Hospital World? <laughs> for Port Charles. Um, oh, yeah, Martin. <laughs> the Kentucky Colonel. Um, I Actually, the Kentucky Colonel was uh, Colonel Robert Parker, but <laughs> no, Martin uh, Martin Gray, Martin Gray, the Kentucky Colonel, Colonel Sanders himself, um, following Valentine all the way out to um, Ireland to meet with um, Valentine and, and just watching his <laughs> watching. <laughs> it was so it was so crazy how they how they determined you know how they uh, said, oh well, how'd you find me? Oh, I, I kept track of your of, of your credit cards, and I saw you had a purchase for Ireland, and I followed you here, brother. Um, well, that, you know, I didn't ask you to, so we're going to get into that another took but you could have also led the FBI, which clearly they did, um, or the WSB or whoever. Um, you know, and then that other agent was there, and um, it's just, it's funny, Martin Gray and... I never watched All My Children when, you know, as religiously as some people. Um, so I never really knew Tad Martin, right? So if he was, if Tad Martin was as, in any way as great as Martin Gray is, holy cow, sign me up. I got to go watch it now on, on uh, YouTube. But I do think that him adding that, that um, aura of comedic timing was just absolutely fantastic. And I get it. You know, Lucy is still alive, right? And, and we all know that she's still alive based upon what Holly told Robert. Um, but Anna doesn't know that. Valentine doesn't know that. Even Martin doesn't know that, right? So you go to the point where he's following up. Well, I know, you know, you're going to lead me to directly to Lucy's killer, right? And then, you know, he says, well, you know, I'm open to entertaining the fact that Anna was was framed, but we still have to find Lucy's killer, and we can do that together. But, clearly, Martin is not a spy. It's going to be the adventure for uh, Valentine and Anna. They're going to do, you know, I mean, Robert and Anna have gone on, you know, um, have gone on um, adventures together. Luke and Laura have, um, Hell, Tracy and Laura have, um, one time at least. But then you go ahead and you look at Martin there with Valentine and Anna, and but Valentine and Anna, this is their adventure story. They're gonna they're gonna come to find you know show the victors behind the whole thing, and then it's gonna lead right into the 60th anniversary in March or April rather, April 1st. And who are they gonna bring back next? Are they? You know, we know we we've seen the return of many legacy characters you know within the past few months holly um ryan i mean ryan's been on canvas but he hasn't been as active as he has been um you know the past couple weeks heather weber is back jeff weber is back um you know it would have been nice to have steve burton there for as jason but i don't think that's going to happen especially with his contract with days of our lives from what i know i think he signed a three-year deal so I mean, he'll, you know, unfortunately, he'll, he'll be locked in there. But, you know, let's see if we can get, you know, some of the other, you know, characters. Let's see if we can get Luke and Tracy out of retirement for this one episode, right? And basically, that means that what I want to see is, let's say around two weeks before April 1st, right? Anna and Valentine get a lead that, oh, we're coming back and we found out that not only is Lucy alive, but Luke is alive as well. 
you know, and they get the lead there. And Victor's, you know, getting to the point where he's shaking his boots because they're finally close. They're, they're closing in on what is going on. And, and I want to see for that April 1st, I want Luke Spencer, Anthony Gary, the only one, the one and only Luke Spencer, Anthony Gary, to come out of retirement for that one storyline so that he can come back and say, yeah, I was held captive by, you know, and, and, um, Victor Cassidine, listen, you've screwed my family long enough. You screwed, screwed my friends long enough all over this one diamond. And then you see DDP come in with a diamond cutter. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, no, I'm, I'm kidding. Sorry. Um, but no. And then they throw that, that ice princess into a volcano or something that actually does destroy it. Although there are pieces of it everywhere, right? Although, I'm wondering now, and this is something that hasn't really been um, explained, right? How did... I'm trying to figure out now. Holly got the Ice Princess, right? Did she get it from Valentine? No, no. It was it was the it was the necklace that was in Brit's um, lockbox from Phase On. The last time we saw the Ice Princess, though, at least as far as I knew, Valentine was taking it from Jennifer Smith. So, where is that storyline? You know what I mean? Like, how did it get in there? If, was it broken down? I mean, they, they did say that diamond the diamonds were part of the Ice Princess. I never watched during the Ice Princess era. I listened to the the Port Charles four one one from the uh, from the wonderful ladies of Pier fifty four, but I don't really understand. Like, was it a necklace? Was it uh, just a big a big chunk that there were diamonds that were cut off of it? I don't know. But I'm anxious to see how it's going to run through because I do feel like that 60th anniversary storyline is going to revolve around the Ice Princess and a lot of the veteran characters, you know, with the new, you know, the new people that are there on canvas. You know, I, I look for, I, I really hope that they bring um, Tracy back. Um, I hope they bring Luke back. I hope they can get Anthony Geary out of retirement for like two episodes. Um, I hope that they're able to keep Laura on canvas long enough and Anna and Valentine, um, you know, and, and we'll see how many blasts from the past come in. Maybe they'll bring back John Stamos as Blackie. I don't know what storyline that he was in or when he went, when he went to prison, cause I wasn't watching back then, but it would be cool to see him come out of prison or, you know, or, or come back to poor Charles and, and whatever. I think that would be great. Um, but anywho. I've been talking for like 45 minutes on, on just General Hospital and kind of catching everybody up. Um, and I know, I'm, and like I said, I don't cover every single storyline. I cover as much as I can of what makes sense and how I see the things could be better. Um, but at the same time, we'll go ahead and switch topics now to WWE. As a matter of fact, I'll be right back right after this. All right, we're back with a quick update on WWE programming and actually more of uh, wrestling in general, wrestling news and notes. Uh, it's going to be quick this week. Um, obviously, if you watched SmackDown last Friday, you saw Kurt Angle's birthday celebration where he and Gable Steveson um, <laughs> recreated the whole milk truck incident from 22 years ago or whenever it was. Um, and actually, it was about 21 years ago. Um you know, when the Alliance was in the ring and Kurt Angle came down with the milk truck, right? Which is already a, a reboot of the the bear truck incident with Steve Austin. But regardless of the fact, um, you know, that was actually a pretty funny segment. You know, Otis and, and you know, all the heels, Otis and Chad Gable were, you know, really just, you know, every time there's a birthday celebration, something happens. And this is the first time that I could ever remember the, the, the birthday boy or the birthday person getting the upper hand. Right? Because usually it's them making a mockery. Right? But I guess the Triple H's regime, regime is a lot different than Vince McMahon's. Um, which, that actually brings me to the next point. Vince Vincent Kennedy McMahon um, has stated 
that he wants to go back to the WWE. Now, that doesn't. what does that mean? Does that mean that it's going to be an executive role? Honestly, I don't think so. Um, obviously, the board of directors has to approve any time any kind of position where McMahon might come back to the industry or the company. He is still the majority shareholder where he owns 51% of the company. So, um, he, you know, so he still has to be, you know, be approval, but he still has the say, he still has some kind of a say in the direction of the company being that he's, you know, basically the owner, right? He owns more than half of the company, but, in terms of a corporate position, I don't think that's going to happen. Why? Because he retired amid problems, and there's actually more coming out now. Saying, you know, there's there's more uh, coming out in terms of, say, you know, uh, Vince is facing a sexual assault charge and lawsuits from, you know, the previous uh, referee, Rita Chatterton, who I've never even heard of. Um, in the WWE, um, saying that he raped her in, 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 in a limo. Um, obviously, he's denied that, you know, and, and Jerry McDivitt is a powerful attorney. Uh, he'll get whatever thrown out that he has to. Um, you know, he beat this, he beat the country of the United States, you know, the, the, the federal, you know, uh, government in the steroid trial. Um, you know, and then, you know, he, I don't, and then, you know, more lawsuits. There was another another one that supposedly came forward who's suing him for, for money because of the new law in New York and California where victims of sexual assault now have no statute of limitations and stuff, which, okay, yes, everybody deserves their due. But when it comes to, like, celebrities and stuff, there has to be some kind of a, a vetting process, right? You know, when somebody comes forward years ago, right, and this was back in the 90s that she came forward, and then it dies down, right? There was clearly no evidence back then other than just a um, a corroborating story from a fellow disgraced WWE super wrestler who was just the job guy, right? And he's from Connecticut, and I can't say bad things about him because I've met him. You know, and he's a really good he's a really good guy, and I've been to some of his shows. He's a, he he runs a school in Connecticut, so you know, and, and I've chatted with his uh, with his daughter on Facebook, and she's a cool person. But again, it it could be just something being you know jealous of McMahon, and you know he did state in the, in the New York Times or Wall Street Journal story that you know you don't stooge on McMahon because then you'll be blacklisted from from the company. Well. You know, unfortunately, when you're a job guy, you know, an enhancement talent, you know, it's, things go through your mind. So maybe he, you know, I don't know. I, I don't know. We all, we know that what happened over the summer and he, he had sexual um, relationships with a young intern and, you know, he, he paid for this girl to have a, uh, you know, have a higher, higher uh, position in the company and, you know, whatever the case was, like... He's now saying that he should never step down in July, right? He should never step retired, that he got bad advice from people. No, in my opinion, he got advice from people who knew what was going on. And the fact is that the dude's been in power for 35, 40 years over the WWE. And nothing is denying what he did for this industry. Vince McMahon is a genius. Vince McMahon is a person who deserves to be in multiple hall of, halls of fame especially the WWE, and he deserves to be, um, he deserves to have his time off. He probably just is bored with being retired, right? As, you know, the the, the story that, that we hear about now is that he and Linda haven't been really together in years. They're still married, um, but they're not together, so he's off doing what he wants to do. He's probably living in Florida on a beach or in his, or, you know, whatever, and he's probably getting bored. But I don't, Honestly, I would not want to see him come back to the WWE. Triple H, Stephanie McMahon, and Nick Khan have been doing fantastic. Um, I don't like seeing all this drama surrounding the business side of the WWE, right? Um, and I, I just don't think it's wise for him to come back. Like, he's clearly older than the, the, the majority of the audience of the WWE, right? So he's severely out of touch with a lot of stuff. And I don't think that anything is going to change that. 
I don't think he's going to be able to uh, write or approve decent storylines. There needs to be... So, here's the deal. There, there needs to be a filter now for Vince McMahon. Whereas Vince McMahon was the filter for Vince Russo back in the Attitude Era. And clearly, when Russo is left to his own, things don't go the way they should. Or, or you know, things don't go correctly, right? People lose viewers. Um, or the show's lost viewers between WCW, TNA, right? And... and the only time that he was ever successful was during the Attitude Era at the WWE, and that was only because he had that Vince McMahon as a filter. But now, you get to the point where Vince himself needs to have a filter. He needs Triple H. He needs, you know, the people on the writing team that are going to be like, no, we can't go there. We can't do that. Now, am I saying that it's going to become this woke PC, PG stuff? It's already been PG, but... It's gotten a little edgier ever since Triple H took over. There's more callbacks and references to the Attitude Era than has been in the past, right? You know, because now it's just starting to get to the where it was almost like the early '90s, where it was just hokey and 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 people are you know the audience is coming back to the WWE with with Triple H at the helm, and I don't think that the shareholders will want Vince to have anything to do with the WWE going forward. Um, on, in other news, um, last week on Monday Night Raw, uh, Matt Riddle was taken out uh, by Solo Sokoa, taken out on a stretcher. Uh, reason being is that he's now in rehab um, for allegedly uh, MDMA, which I, if I'm not mistaken is, uh, crap, I don't even know what MDMA stands for. That's how much I don't know about the, about drugs. Um, MDMA is uh, Molly ecstasy. That's what I thought it was. Um, but yeah, it's a uh, you know he he popped positive for ecstasy and cocaine apparently. Now remember, I, I mean everybody knows that he's a stoner, right? He's a pot smoker. But the WWE doesn't test for weed anymore, so. It had to be something stronger, and it turns out from what from what the reports have been saying um, is that it's MDMA and cocaine. So I hope that Riddle gets the gets the help he needs. I hope that he comes back as a different character because honestly, I don't like Riddle. I never have. I've never liked Matt Riddle. Um, I think he's a ripoff RVD and, and like a dollar store Dollar Tree RVD. That's that's what I call Matt Riddle. Is he a tremendous athlete? Yes, he is. I'm not going to deny that. But I just I just don't like him. I, I don't. Um, but that's pretty much it. You know, going forward into WrestleMania, there's there's talk of uh, Gunther taking on uh, Brock Lesnar. Now, will Brock fight for the Intercontinental Champion Championship? I don't know. You know, how they're going to set that up, I'm not sure, right? They're still looking at possibility of Roman Reigns and The Rock. I've heard heard some rumblings, and I think I brought this up last week, of The Rock potentially winning the Royal Rumble. That's, unfortunately, that's going to go over like a fart in charge. But there has been other other rumblings saying that Roman Reigns is going to be forced to fight at both nights of WrestleMania, where he'll defend one of his titles on Saturday and one of his titles on Sunday. I don't know how true that is. Could it be that you have The Rock versus Roman Reigns on Sunday and then Cody Rhodes versus the Roman Reigns on Saturday? Um, or do you have, you know, but but what do you do with, with The Rock, right? You want to have Cody being the one that um, breaks Roman's championship streak. We want you want Cody to be the one because he's the next one in line, right? He's gonna win the Royal Rumble. He'll he'll but you don't go ahead and you um, you don't go ahead and have The Rock, who is a part-timer, come back, who you know he's not going to be there for the, um, for the duration because of his movie schedule, and you don't go ahead and have him be, the, be, the, be a world champion because he's not going to be there to defend the title. Uh, what do you do? Do you have him just beat Roman Reigns, break everything down, and you know end the heat that Reigns has, and just say, "Hey, I just had to come back and show you you're not head of the table," and just relinquish the title? That kills all the momentum that Reigns has. Um, or do you have Reigns beat The Rock? 
which would probably be the best thing, you know, if The Rock's ego doesn't get in the way. I mean, The Rock did job did do did do the job to John Cena, but it has to be um, a better story, right? But all right, well, we'll see how that goes down. I want to thank you all for listening. Um, this is the Suds in the Squared Circle podcast. Follow me on Twitter at SWE. Follow the show on Twitter at SudsSQCirclePod. Follow us on TikTok at Suds underscore squared underscore circle. Follow on Instagram at Suds and Squared Circle. Uh, email me, Vinny, at SudsAndSquaredCircle.com. Our website is www.SudsAndSquaredCircle.com. And buy our merch. Go to SudsSquareCircle.Threadless.com and... Um, definitely help support the show. Um, again, my name is Vinny Apicella, and this is Suds in the Squared Circle Podcast. We will see you next week right here.